Thank you so much for joining me, Stephanie Lane's Institute. For those of you who are on um, specifically my podcast, thank you for joining me. Those of you who are on our um, esthetician chat on Clubhouse, we're going to have a really interesting conversation specifically about chemical peels and darker skin tones. I have had a very interesting um, last couple of days specifically about a young gentleman who um, reacted badly to a TCA peel. I've talked about on my Instagram about um, my experience with someone who's had a very bad burn from chemical peels, especially with being darker skin tones. And it's morphed into a huge conversation in our industry, specifically about darker skin tones, especially when it comes to chemical peels. So I want to make sure that um, I have the link right. And let me undo this link here. I'm going to put the link up when I get done about um, my Instagram. So those of you who are on my podcast, I did today a live IGTV specifically talking about this situation and really more educating, especially estheticians to encourage them to get more education when it comes to chemical peels. I do believe that when we're in school, one, we're not educated on skin of color very well or higher Fitzpatrick's. And we always think that the go-to should be chemical peels when we're trying to correct hyperpigmentation or melasma or sunspots or anything that has to to do with hyperpigmentation. And in my personal experience with having an esthetician longer than I've been an esthetician, I have actually gone away from using chemical peels, suggesting chemical peels, or even talking about them because I do believe people who suffer with post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation should understand all of the options when it comes to treating higher Fitzpatrick's. So I would say in the last I got a chemical peel seven years ago. Um, I was actually a model for Pamela Springer and I um, prepped for about six months with her products. I was still getting facials from the esthetician I was going to. I was going to get a 10 layer modified Jesner. So if you don't know the difference between Jesners and modified Jesners, let's start there too. And my last layer was going to be TCA. So I knew what was coming. Unfortunately, even though I was mentally prepared for what was going to happen, going through that process, especially being in front of a class, was very traumatizing. Um, the acids are aggressive. And I don't really think you can prepare for it because, you know, most people say just relax, you can breathe. Um, when you have high grade peels like that, one, you're smelling them. So there's a reaction to the smell, there's a reaction to the pain level, your skin definitely heats up. You feel like you can't breathe. Pamela does not believe in a fan. So I had nothing fanning me. So I had to sit there through every single layer and I couldn't wait to get to that 10th layer, but that 10th layer took it to a whole nother level. So when we start talking about darker skin tones and really starting learning about education, darker the skin, the more sensitive the skin. And unfortunately, it's hard to see the skin sensitivity because of the dark skin. So you can't see dark skin tones get red or get irritated. It's very difficult to see that. Um, you know, I love to encourage wood lamps. Wood lamps tell you a lot, whether the skin is a higher Fitzpatrick or lower Fitzpatrick, it doesn't matter. Wood lamps will really tell you what's happening in the skin. But when it comes to correcting hyperpigmentation, unfortunately, sometimes if you go too aggressive, you actually cause the hyperpigmentation to become worse. 
I had that chemical peel with Pamela Springer in her um, chemical peel class seven years ago. I've not had an aggressive peel like that since. I've actually turned the tide and really gone away from aggressive peels like that. One, because the downtime is definitely something that, you know, you have to prepare for. Two, um, leading up to that and then, and then the aggressive nature of those types of chemical peels does not guarantee that that's going to correct the hyperpigmentation. Now, don't get me wrong. When I was fully healed, my skin was great, but the hyperpigmentation came back, even though I was on melanin um, inhibitors. So since I've moved to Dallas and I've partnered with an esthetician who understands peptides, I really love the way peptides correct hyperpigmentation. I love the education behind peptides. And I do feel that more, more estheticians need to invest in education when it comes to peptides, especially if you understand peptides, proteins, talking to the cells at a cellular level and understanding that you can do a lot of correction without being super aggressive. And chemical peels are aggressive. They're the most aggressive kind of tool in our arsenal, right? I started using peptides and started talking and I love, and I always talk about Victoria Deanne. When I did the esthetician product box, when I first started it, they were one of the vendors that partnered with us and they gave um, two, three of their peptides, which are actually amazing. They had one for eye, for people that have dark eyes. I love their, their eye um, peptide for dark eyes. We actually did a contest in my private group for everyone who had bought that specific box that had that product in it. And you would not believe the befores and afters with people that had dark eyes with that specific eye serum. We did a 30 day challenge, amazing befores and afters, especially with people that have dark eyes. I love that product for that. Um, but getting back to peptides for correction and hyperpigmentation, there's a lot of things that you can do that will allow you to really see some big changes. So I didn't really see any big changes until I started getting away from the daily use of AHA and BHAs, alpha and beta hydroxies, and started incorporating specifically peptides that were addressing the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And then I started using their, um, we, uh, there's a product, it's a vitamin B product and that product again, no acids, but it vasodilates. So it opens up everything and you can feel it. There's a great tingle that happens. So when I talk to people and I did that today on my live talking about estheticians need to start investing in understanding different ingredients and functions of the skin, we don't necessarily always have to run to a chemical peel, right? So this situation specifically with the young gentleman, the young lady that I helped back in 2017, if you don't know her story, she um, went viral on Facebook because she was in a horrible chemical peel accident at her school. So you would think even with a school that they would try to correct this and they didn't. Um, I showed the picture today on my Instagram as well. And you know, it took us nine months to really get down to the nuts and bolts for her, but there's a small window when there's that type of damage to help with that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And for some people who never get help from chemical peel burns, that's a permanent situation. And I don't think we understand the severity sometimes of what chemical peels can do when it's not on skin that really needs it, right?
So I showed that picture today. And then I talked about the young gentleman. I have talked to the young gentleman. I have talked to other estheticians. I've actually had other people in my inbox these last couple of days um, that have done self-inflicted peels because now peels are available online for people who are not licensed. When I first got my license, no one could buy a chemical peel unless you could show proof of training, which was your license. With the internet, and Amazon and eBay and all these other different um, websites, you can buy chemical peels online. And the sad thing about buying these chemical peels online, you have no idea what's actually in it. So just because it says that it might be a TCA or it might be a Jesner or modified Jesner or a resorcinol peel, you you have no idea where it comes from. And even if those ingredients are the right ingredients, which is so sad, right? So when it comes to getting educated and getting access to and doing all these things, even though you might be buying something that's not from a um, manufacturer that can back what's in the bottle, right? We still should understand how important it is to know we could cause damage if we don't know what we're doing with these types of peels, especially with higher Fitzpatrick's and darker skin tones. The one reason why I love to talk about melanin inhibitors is because it is important when you're going to do something very aggressive, but at the same time, you can get an inhibitor through a peptide. So the Victoria Deanne um, hyperpigmentation peptide that I've been using is technically an inhibitor, but there's no residuals. Like my skin has cleared up so well when I have understood the importance of partnering peptides with vitamin C, with all of these different things that can really correct the hyperpigmentation without going super aggressive. But it takes time and it takes the willingness to do education. So Victoria Deanne, they do offer online training. So if you are not familiar with their peptides, they have been ranked quite a few different magazines um, that we have in our industry for their peptides. You probably have seen them, but not really understood what their products were. Um, they do have online education as well. I love their online education. I love their online education specifically for peptides and helping you understand how they can function in the skin and how they correct, especially if you have people that have problematic skin, whether it's acne, whether it's post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, melasma, you're trying to do anti-aging, you're trying to build up collagen, you're trying to slow down signs of aging. All of those things can be addressed with peptides versus going super aggressive with chemical peels. And the thing about this type of technology is that you definitely need to take training. So Victoria Deanne is the name of that company. Um, I also like Lyra Clinical. I love Circadia. They all have peptides in their ingredients as well. Um, Lyra has a really good um, sal vitamin C peel that my esthetician uses on me. Vitamin C is another great ingredient when it's paired with the right product and it's not aggressive, right? So when I start talking about chemical peels, I want to make sure this is clear. I'm talking about modified Jesners, Jesners, Resorcinol, TCA, Phenol, which we don't have access to. Those are the type of chemical peels I'm talking about. I'm not talking about glycolic. I'm not talking about lactic or salicylic. I'm not talking about mandelic. I'm not talking about any of those. In my world, those are not typical chemical peels. Chemical peels are the, the aggressive, right? 
AHA and BHAs, those are absolutely fine. You know, you have different pH, you have different percentages, all of those matter. Some of them are mixed together. Some of them are not. Some of them are mixed together with enzymes as well. I kind of put that on a different side. So what I'm talking about today is true chemical peels, right? So when you start looking at, you know, understanding different options besides going to a peel, 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 I think when we start looking at darker skin tones, we have to take into account the sensitivity, the darker the skin, the more sensitive the skin. And even when I was in school, it was hard for me to understand my skin type and skin tone because there wasn't a lot of education on it. So when I graduated, I had to actually look at different places to get education on higher Fitzpatrick's and chemical peels, because what I was taught in school was really about Fitzpatrick one through three, it had nothing to do with four, five, and six. So of course I was great at doing skincare for that because that's what I had been taught six, seven months. So when it came time to skin of color or anyone that has any type of pigment in the skin, it changes the way you're going to deliver whatever you're using because you always have to keep the pigment in mind because melanocytes can go one of two ways. They can either stay fine in the dermis or they can be released whenever the skin is traumatized. And traumatization can happen in every single aspect. Sun damage, exposure to the sunlight can cause the release of melanocytes. We all know uh, any kind of uh, abrasions or, or you hit the skin. I mean, all the different things that can just, anytime the skin is injured, it's going to release that. So when you have a controlled burn or controlled chemical peel, you're traumatizing the skin. So the reason we put people on inhibitors is so that in that traumatization, it, the dermis doesn't release the melanocytes. It keeps them down there. And that's in hopes of correcting hyperpigmentation. The reason I like to talk about other alternatives outside of that is because the aggressive does not work for everybody, especially darker skin tones. So if you don't know options, that's the reason why I like to talk about peptides. That's the reason why I love talking about vitamin C. That's the reason why I always encourage estheticians to get as much education as you can to understand not only ingredients, but what exactly they do in the skin and how they can be beneficial. Because you can do a lot of correction without going very aggressive. There's some really great enzymes out there that will really get you some really good results. And then, of course, home care is always important. Clients making sure they're following directions. Most of them won't. But all of those other things. But it's up to us because these instances that I'm talking about where the chemical peels have done damage, that client walked in just fine and they walked out and they were damaged. So now we have to be the bigger person, admit something was wrong, and then try to fix it. And that's what I've really done in both of these situations. My goal is to give options for correcting. At this point, it's already done. So how do we make sure that the person does not hypo or hyperpigment? Because hypopigmentation is a very hard thing to correct when you lose pigment. To go to the other side, right? of the hyperpigmentation is what we're more familiar with. So it's easier for us to say, you know, we can, um, we can really, you know, figure out some other things. So when I look at talking about, you know, peptides and correction and, and giving alternatives, I love talking about those alternatives because it's something that I've used and I've seen on myself change my skin completely, but I had to change the way I was thinking. 
years and years and years of thinking that only chemical peels can change hyperpigmentation is hard to get rid of. And it's hard to imagine because we're so used to just burn. I used to call it burn and churn, just burn and churn. Just, we, used to, we still do have chemical peel season. And some of you do really well with it. But I love options. And being able to give somebody an option who may not be able to have a chemical peel now expands the reach of how you can meet different people now. Because not everybody's a candidate. Not everybody is a candidate. So we have to be willing to have the types of conversations that I have been opening on my Facebook page and on my Instagram and even on my TikTok talking specifically about this because a lot of people just don't know. There's a big perception out there that you have to have a peel to correct the skin because they want to feel that burn or they want to see the skin flake. You can get a really good burn and some skin could flake with an enzyme. And you don't have to go that aggressive. But we, we kind of don't understand that the perception from our clients is, is that the burn means it's good, right? If the skin is burning, that means it's good. So the more it burns, the more potent you're going, the more aggressive you're going, the better my skin's going to be. And that's really not true. And for both of these situations that I'm talking about, where these people had, you know, extreme flaking, extreme um, burns of the skin, they both could have had a really good enzyme. You know, the young lady, I think her situation is a little bit different just because she was at a beauty school and um, she was forced to be a model. So everyone there had to be a model and her situation was a little bit different. It wasn't specifically a chemical peel. They did a combination of gly, sal, and lactic. And as you know, sal is something that is, has to be self-neutralized. You can't use anything to speed up that process. However, when it's left on the skin long or the skin is not prepared and the person you put it on is, is now panicked and in shock and runs and throws water on the skin, the water does reignite salicylic peels. So every time she flushed her face and it started burning again, she would put more water on it. And it, this went on four and five times. So unfortunately, that peel got reignited in the skin and started continuing to burn four and five times. So it's, it's really understanding what happens in the skin especially when people panic. My disappointment in that school was that they didn't help the situation because they didn't understand what they were doing, right? And this poor girl was never prepared for uh, even a simple, even if it was only left on the skin for a minute, her skin was not prepared. She really didn't need it, to be honest, and to be forced into that situation because she was a student, again, in my opinion, was really unacceptable. But in the correction, that's when you start understanding that if I can correct someone's skin from this type of damage, I'm really understanding skin. It's easy to do skincare with someone who has no problems on their skin. It's easy to have that skin look hydrated and glowing and all of that when they don't have problematic skin. I learned most of my on-the-job, hands-on training in correction. Correction either from acne, correction from hyperpigmentation, correction from chemical peels. This, that was really when I started learning the skin and understanding the skin. 
when you start seeing the skin heal and you understand the healing process. You know, a lot of people will show their skin coming off when they're doing a chemical peel, but no one talks about why that skin's coming off, right? I used to do classes all the time at trade shows and I would always say, okay, so what does glycolic do in the skin? What's its function? And everybody, oh, it peels, it exfoliates. No, ma'am, it doesn't. Okay. So what's the difference between an alpha and a beta peel? Oh yeah, no, we don't know. And I'm thinking, wait, you don't know, but how many of you guys are using AHA and BHA peels? Or how much, how many guys are you, you know, using a lactic salicylic peel or a glycolic lactic peel? Oh, people would raise their hand. I said, so you don't know what this function? Well, I have my protocols. I'm not asking the protocol. I'm asking functionally, what do these ingredients do into the skin? And it would be so disheartening at how many people just didn't know, but yet you they were using these things because they were told to without the true understanding of understanding what it actually does in the skin. So the reason we have so many people that have problems, especially when we use things that we don't understand what we're using, it's hard to correct something when you didn't know the reason why you used it in the beginning. So for me, I'm an ingredient junkie. I love looking at ingredients and how they function in the skin, right? The reason I'm so drawn to peptides is because the way they function in the skin and their purpose is absolutely amazing and effective without aggression. All it needs to have is consistency. But if you are at the point where you're using ingredients and you don't quite understand how they actually work in the skin, that's when it's time for us to say, I need a little bit more education. Because I should know what lactic does in the skin. I should know the difference between AHA and BHA peels. I should understand why it's important to know the pH of peels versus the percentage of peels. We have to understand when you can prep and when you can't prep. What do you use in post? Why do we have to know the differences between our modified Jesner and regular Jesner? What is resorcinol and why is that the difference between modified and non-modified? Why do we have TCA and what is the purpose of TCA in the peel and what does it function to do? What does it do in the skin itself? Like it's important for us to know, understand its function, and then when we should and shouldn't use it. So I'm not ever going to give the excuse of a protocol because If I looked at a protocol, then that would mean every skin should be able to have that. And that's not, again, necessarily true. So it's important to know all of it from the function and ingredient and not a protocol and not because someone said this is the step that you do or this is the fifth step or this is the sixth step. Like, why do we do that? And what purpose does it serve in the skin? What does it do? And I love asking that question. And letting people know, like, we need to know this if you're already using these ingredients. You can't use an ingredient and don't know what it does in the skin. Because this is what leads us to trouble. This is what leads to these types of pictures that I show people. I'm like, these are the pictures that we have because we don't quite understand their function in the skin. And why some is is totally debilitating to the skin and some you can barely feel. That starts talking about the pH. So we really have to start understanding and want to understand and want to have education and want to learn 
about all of these things that we have access to. It's really not until you start to lose it or it's taken away that we get upset. But most of the time, the reason things are taken away from our industry is because we've injured somebody and the injury has happened over and over and over and over. And then there's complaints. So if we learn what it does in the skin and we understand what skin types and skin conditions we can use it on, then there's no reason for us to have any issues with problems and it being reported. And that's what I love to educate and come from that point of view. I'm not saying you have to stop doing chemical peels. I'm not saying that you can't use them. What I'm saying is that you have to really, really be educated in what you're doing. And it has to go bigger than I'm following a protocol. Like you really have to understand its function. You have to understand the differences of pH and percentage. You have to know when to put it onto the skin. You have to know when to take it off. You have to know what's self-neutralizing and what's not self-neutralizing. And then you got to take into accountability. The darker the skin, the more sensitive it is. So the darker the skin, the less time I'm going to keep it on. And then I have to prepare that darker skin to take that because I don't want it to shock the skin. Because if I shock the skin, then that's when I'm really going to have to do a lot of correction because the skin is not going to do what it should do when it's prepared. And that's where I come from when you start seeing pictures like this float around and people have talked about their really bad experiences with it. Typically, the skin hasn't been prepared enough to take that kind of aggression. And that takes time. And we can't let our clients come in and say, oh, I want a peel. So can I have a peel? No. We could do an enzyme, but the clients just want to tingle. They, they, the, the more they tingle, the more they feel something's being done. It's psychological, right? We can't be greedy enough and take money when we know that this person doesn't need the type of treatment that they're asking for. And then we also have to be very educated in determining what we're doing, right? And I hope that this is really hitting home because you can never learn enough. You can never have enough education. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that will give you what you're looking for. If you're willing to spend the time to educate yourself on what exactly those ingredients are doing in the skin. I love peptides. I can't talk about them enough. I think more estheticians should understand peptides. It should be taught in beauty school, but we don't talk a lot about ingredients. A lot of beauty school is really there to prepare you for state board. I get that. But I think that every esthetician should take, make a definite effort into understanding the options of different things that we have at our fingertips and not just keep with the status quo. Because the status quo is to get them on a chemical peel or um, do some over-the-counter or do some uh, prescription. You know, tretinoin is thrown around a lot, um, which I would never use on my skin. Um, you know, Retin-A is throwing around a lot. You know, there's a lot of other options besides those old based products. There's a lot of new technology out there. There's a lot of new things that you can do that are super effective without having to be super aggressive. And that's what I want to encourage a lot of you to do, especially when it comes to education. You know, now that trade show season is coming up, this is the perfect time to go to a local trade show or a trade show in your area to take these different types of classes because you can learn this by just attending there. A lot of these companies that I've named typically go to trade shows and they offer training classes. That's the time that you want to sit in and really learn about how you're using these certain ingredients, what kind of skin you're going to use them on and what their function is. 
So I'm going to definitely get off my soapbox. Those of you guys who are on my uh, podcast, thank you guys so much for listening. We're at the 15th episode. I'm so excited. You can listen to all of my episodes here and I will uh, talk to you guys next time.